This is the Secrets We Share podcast, a show about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and the left and rights of mental health care in Australia. Here's your host, Francis Carlton. Welcome to Secrets We Share, brought to you by the Secret Keeper Counselling, where we talk all things mental health with clients and clinicians. There may be tears, triggers, laughter, some learning, and almost certainly some profanity. So you've been warned. Make yourself a cuppa, sit back, and relax as Karen from Melbourne shares a few of her secrets. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for agreeing to talk to me. Um, I need to. Um, I need to let everyone know right from the start, we're, we're actually in the middle of EPIC, which is a huge exhibition exhibition space in Canberra. Uh, I am here um, exhibiting, and um, so we're in this enormous hall, and I'm pretty sure we're the only two people left now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Karen is sat in my counselling chair. I'm sat in a cheap plastic one, and I really want to thank Karen for agreeing to talk to me on such short notice. You are so welcome. Yeah, you are so. Yeah, welcome. we've had many. We've had many conversations over the last few years. We have. Yeah. We have indeed. We have. We have. So, you wanted to talk to me about a particular issue. Can you tell me just very briefly what that what that what what that is that is and what it what issue it's. What, what it's caused you, what pain has caused you and issues it's caused you? So I guess I'd start with um, saying mental health and how big um, of an issue it is in today's society. I think growing up with a dad that was undiagnosed, um, he had depression, he was diagnosed when I was 15 Um, and he's gone on to get treatment, obviously medicated um, and now speaking to someone But what effect that has on, you know, people around that person and how that how that then leads to um, mental health issues for them, too. I don't think it's isolated just to one person. So the impact of living with somebody with mental health issues on you. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talk about, you know, someone says, oh, it's not hereditary, but I kind of feel that it is in a sense, because when you grow up under someone that's not coping or that you know, that has anxiety or depression, it's quite easy to form those habits yourself. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah. So while it's not hereditary, it's certainly certainly ingrained in you. It's sort of, you're you're taught it from an early age of how to behave. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And it becomes a norm. That sort of low mood becomes a norm. Yeah. 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 And it's it's hard seeing someone you love so much struggle, Mm. you know, and, and not want to be here. Mm. That was at the point we were at last year where, unfortunately, um, my mum had found letters from my dad addressed um, to herself and myself, and it was just hard to read those words and know that someone you love so much didn't want to be here at that time and questioning why. And I think, I think you sort of turn... You turn the lens on yourself a little bit and think, is it me? Is it something I've done? Mm. Um, am I not a good enough daughter or am I not there enough? Mm. Um, so these I, so these were, these were letters of suicide? Yes. Talking yeah, about killing his himself. intention. Okay. Yeah. So at that time, he almost felt like he was worth more dead than what he was alive. Right. And that's really hard. Okay. That is really hard. And because I think too... When it's your dad, um, 
you sort of have this perception that they're strong and they're, you know, that's that male figure. Mm. And so to learn that he wasn't so strong, I mm. mean, knowing that he'd battled, but knowing to that point was really mm. hard. Yeah. It was really, really hard. Yeah, really, really hard. Yeah. So how did you, how did you, how did you find the, how did your mum find the letters and, and how did you come to find out that they had been written? So there was a point where uh, dad was unemployed for a little bit. He'd been with the company for a while um, and, he'd, and he'd stepped back from that role. So he was unemployed and at that time he was applying for work and wasn't sort of getting anywhere in a hurry. Melbourne's really quite, you know, filling up mm. and um, there's a lot of people looking for work. So he was struggling on that front and um, I think it all just got the better of him. Yep. And he'd written the letters one day when he was at home. And then, obviously, he got a call, got a job, which was really, really good, started the job. My mum went to find an old phone because she was going overseas on a holiday. Yes. And she discovered the letters. So... Just buried somewhere in a drawer somewhere. Yeah, buried mm. in the drawer. Um, and that was, yeah, really tough. So she rang me one morning and I was, I was at work and, um, and she was off. Yeah, there was just something about her voice. She mm. wasn't right. And I and I don't feel that she could actually tell me. She just didn't have the courage to tell me over the phone. So um, we hung up from the conversation and she sent me a text message and she said, I've just found your dad's goodbye letters. I was a bit confused when I first read the text message. I was like, hold on, is that my grandpa? Like, what are you talking about? Mm. And, then it, and then it twigged. Mm. And I was actually... Distraught. Yeah. There's no other. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. To know that your dad doesn't see a future. Yeah. Was there was there any indication of how long ago these letters had been written? Yes, I believe so. So we had a conversation because here was Mum with these letters, and she was like, "Well, I'm not going to say anything." Now you know people can see outside, from outside that circle, oh, well, why wouldn't you say anything? We can all judge. But in mm. that instance, we were in it. Yes. And it was like, right, what's the next plan? What's the next step? Yep. She wasn't going to say anything and I was of the belief that something needed to be said because how I sort of thought is that he believes those letters are buried and if nothing is said, potentially we could lose him. And nothing, nothing was spoken about it. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yes. Whereas saying something, sitting him down and saying, hey, I've found this and this is not okay. You are so loved. Mm. You are loved more than you know. Mm. You are valuable. You are worthy. Mm. Um, what can we do to help? What can we, you know, yeah. can we speak to someone? Do we go back to the doctor? What have we got to do here? Mm. And you've got people around you. Mm. Um, so she, she listened to what I had to say and she said, look, Kaz, I think that it would be best that he doesn't know that you know. Right. However, I will talk to him. I agree with what you've said. So she sat down with him that night and she said, look, I was fishing for an old phone today and these are the letters I've come across and I'm really worried about you. Right. He sort of got his back up a little bit and we're like, well, they were private. Um but then they spoke about it for a bit and he agreed mm. that he needed needed some help. He did he did try and sweep it under the carpet a little bit and say, well, you know, at that time I didn't have a job and yep. that's how I was feeling. Mm. Um, but, yeah, yep. we had the conversation and then obviously that's what led us to getting help. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. How's your dad doing now? 
He's doing better. He's doing much better. So, um, yeah, he's seeing someone which is helping, you know, chatting, chatting about what it is that he's got problems with or needs help with. And he's also medicated. Yeah. So my personal belief, I'm not huge on medication. Mm. I don't, I don't want to say that it doesn't have a place because that's not right. It does. It absolutely does. Um, And if you need that help, I'd urge you to get it because I, I myself have been on medication. Yes. What I mean when I say that is that long term, it's not going to fix it on its own. I don't yes. believe, and that's yeah. my own personal opinion. And I it's, think a, it's a it's a it's a fairly universal um, yeah. opinion amongst mental health professionals. Yeah. Sadly, not amongst just GPs who prescribe the medication often. Well, I'll touch on that too because yeah. when when we first moved to Melbourne, so I myself have struggled with a bit of depression and anxiety okay. naturally, yep. as, as I spoke about. Yes. I think it's passed on. Um, so I went to the GP when we'd moved from Perth to Melbourne because I wasn't coping all that well with the move. Yes. Um, it was quite a big transition. And, and so it's a huge, yeah. huge, huge move. When I've got two kids under me and, you know, you're trying to get settled and make sure they're okay and you obviously go to the back of the pile. Yes. Um, so I went to the GP and I said, look, I was all emotional. I said, I'm really not coping here. I need, I need some help. He went to his drawer and he pulled out, I think it was like 12, it was a pack of 12 antidepressant pills. I don't know the name of them, Mm. but he handed them to me and he said, maybe you want to try these. I think that speaks volumes. Right. Did he give you a prescription so you could carry on from the 12 days? No, he said, try these, see how you go. Now, I was of the belief that you need to give antidepressants time to work. Yes, and you most also, of them, yes. And you also don't hand them out like they're Skittles. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's, I do. It's, um, I sat there and I felt so lost, but I thought this isn't the place I'm going to, I'm going to find the so help, did, unfortunately. So did that GP also, did that GP also um, do a, um, a K10, which is like a, like a checklist um, he test did. with you? Yeah, so when you yep. sit down and you say, you know, from one to five or yep. whatever it is. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so you did do that. Did you have a mental health care plan or anything no, like that? No, so we didn't have time for that, he said. Um, but if I made another appointment, I could come back. But right. why wow. I'm bringing this up is because when I investigated further, because I'm quite passionate about this. Yes. Because it affects, you know, family members that I love and care about. Yeah. Um, when I investigated, I found that they learned very little about mental health which yes. is really, um, I'm sort of perplexed because yes. that's the biggest issue, I think, yeah. that they would face these days. Yeah. Do, Do you know you, what I mean? Unfortunately, general practitioners, um, you know, they, they, they have to know so much about so many different things and they're really not placed to have that specialist knowledge. No. That's why they're psychiatrists. Okay. They are psychiatrists are the, men, are the med, mental health doctors yeah that's what they specialize in yeah so in the order of um, in the order of hierarchy there's the psychiatrists at the top which are medical doctors with a speciality in mental health yeah then there's the psychologists who do the diagnosis and they work within very very tight, tight um, methodology time frames like um, cognitive behavior therapy in the 10 sessions that you CBT. get in your yep CBT yep. Um, and dialectal um, behavioral therapy DBT those are the ones that they tend to work within and they work within those 10 sessions because okay. that's what the government believes works for everybody. 
Mm. Of course, we know that's not the case. Yeah. And then there's me at the bottom of the pile, who's a counsellor and a psychotherapist who can work within any kind of methodology, any kind of framework. If I want to do DBT or CBT, I can. If I, But I don't diagnose or prescribe. Okay. So it's the talking therapy. It's the therapy quite often that works really, really efficiently alongside the medication. Yeah, I think so. And look, yeah. if, you, you know, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety um, and you reach out to a GP, I do believe medication has a place. I mm. think if, if that's what gets you out of bed to go and get the help, yes. absolutely. Yep. A long-term thing, I just don't think it works, unfortunately. Yeah. And there may be people out there that say, hey, I've, I've found it great and I've been on it for 20 years mm. and that's all good. Mm. But I, I look at my dad and I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a long-term fix. So the other thing is that... Um, GPs tend to tend to, and of course I'm generalising here because I don't know how every GP works. works yeah. But GPs tend to have a, they tend to have a, a list that they work from. But if you to go to a psychiatrist, they have a much larger list of medications that they can pick from. Okay. And they know how to combine them differently than a GP would because it's literally what they do. It's their speciality. Okay. So if you have somebody who has got mental health issues and they are medicated, it's worth going and seeing a psychiatrist to get that extra level of help rather than just relying on your GP. GPs have definitely got their place. They're, they're amazing people and yeah. they do an amazing job. Yeah. But you wouldn't go to a GP if you needed heart surgery. You wouldn't go to a GP if you had a broken leg. That's right. You yeah. would. You go to the GP and the, doc, the GP says, oh, yeah, you've got a broken leg. You need to go to an accident and emergency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I, and that's the thing. I don't want this to be a beat up on GPs. Because no, absolutely not. not. It's I'm, absolutely not. I'm purely just highlighting the fact that in this day and age, we've got such an epidemic. I would call it an epidemic yes. of mental health um, yes. issues. And I think that, yeah, there just needs to be... Well, I was I, I uh, presented a seminar earlier on today. Yeah, um, you did. And one of the things we were talking about was anxiety and yeah. how anxiety is so prevalent. And somebody asked me, you know, are, is it actually more prevalent or are we just hearing about it more? And my response to that is we actually live in an anxiety-inducing environment. We do. 24 I agree. Absolutely. Because everything around us is, is designed to set off those, that alarm bell in the back of our brain that goes, danger, danger. Mm. You know, we have traffic lights, we have speed cameras, we have neon signs, we have noise, we have, you know, everything is go, 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 go all the time. And our primitive brain... While we live in this modern society, our primitive brain is still screaming, stop, <laughs> just stop. I get it. I just get it. stop. You know, and I yeah. think about this stuff. Like I think, you know, I was only talking to my husband the other week and I said, there is just so much stress placed on us. Yep. For instance, I've got two boys, Cruz and Hudson, um, and they're in primary school at the moment. You know, I've got to work out how I get myself to work, how I get them to training. My husband works extremely long hours, as do many husbands nowadays. Mm. You know, they don't they don't just live two minutes down the road and work. Mm. You know, it's it's different now. Yes, I think I, th I tend to agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and there is that element too of keeping up with the Joneses. You know, there's a lot of pressure, like particularly for my generation, there's pressure from that too. When you get mm. to a certain age, you're supposed to have 
you know, the house and the car and all of that. And sometimes people, you know, look at themselves and think, oh, well, I'm not stacking up. Mm. I'm not stacking up to where I'm supposed to be. Mm. And maybe that gives people that level of depression and anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It certainly contributes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in, in I, I, as, you, as you know, I work as an employee assistance program therapist but also in private practice. Yeah. And it is something that comes up quite a lot is am I achieving enough? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. You know, I don't have the, you know, I don't own a house yet. You know, you know so what's, what's wrong with me? It's like, well... I don't own a house and you know what I can't like quite like that because if I need something done I just get somebody else to do yeah, it. Yeah, I pick up the phone. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, make a call. Yeah, that's yep. right. Yeah. So, you know, there is it, it's about sort of letting go of those societal expectations. I think so. Of behaving in a particular way. And of course it's a lot easier said than done. Oh, it is. It is. And we're you know, with Instagram and all of this, we live in a really judgmental society. Yes. I told someone today, you know, they asked me about being a mum. <laughs> if you leave your front door, get ready, put your jacket mm. on because there's going to be judgments flying everywhere. Yeah. Do you know that's, oh, yeah. the lights have just gone out. <laughs> I think they're trying to send us a message. Um, you know, judgment is a big one. Yes. It's, yeah. yeah. If you're a good parent, you get judged. If you don't work, you're a stay-at-home mum, you get judged because you don't work. If you yep. do work, then you're a bad mum because you're working all the time. It doesn't matter what you do. You're never going to make everybody no, happy. And it's not, mm. I've come to learn it's not about making everyone happy. It's about finding happiness for yourself and being yeah. happy in yourself. Yeah. Because I look at my dad um, and, you know, he'll, he was drinking, so that was one of his things that he did to yeah. cope. Yes. Um, shopping, things, external things. It's yes. not, it's not going to fix it. It's, yeah. got, it's got to come from within. Yep. And there's got to be things that um, he addresses from, from long ago. So I mentioned a moment ago, you just mentioned that, um, you know, it's about your own happiness and about, you know, concentrating on your own happiness. What do you do to help you focus on that? <laughs> I haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> very recently because this event has been massive. Yeah. Um, but I spend time with my boys. Mm. I switch off my phone. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those people that has to remind myself, you know, I'll quite frequently take calls from clients at weird hours um, and, yeah, reminding myself that I need to take time for me, mm. be around my boys, be present because mm. I think that's a big thing too. I, I catch myself not being present. I always pick my kids up from school every afternoon. Okay. Um, so I feel fortunate that I get to do that. Mm. But am I present all the time? No. What do you mean no. by present? What does that look like? You can be there, mm. but you're not really there, if that makes sense. So my boys, yeah. you know, in the car telling me things. You know, oh, mum, this happened at school today. Oh, that's good, mate. A blanket answer because my head is, oh, I have to call Francis back, you know, when I get <laughs> yeah, home. Sorry about or, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not your fault. It's just there's a million things to do. And that's why when you said before, we're in such a fast paced society that, yeah, my mind struggles to keep up. I'm trying to be the mum. I'm trying to be present mm. and be in the moment with them because I know this moment will pass all too mm. quickly. How, how old are your boys? Seven and 10. Seven and 10. Yeah. 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 They're gorgeous. Yeah. They are such gorgeous kids. Yeah. So um, I'm very, very lucky, but I do feel, a part of me feels sad. I feel like mm. I've missed it. Yeah. You've missed it. Yeah. I've missed a big part of it, yeah. 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 Because yeah. when they were born and you're not coping, 
you know, you wish the time away. You think, gosh, I wish, you know, we could just, okay. they were in school. This would be so much easier. And then you look back and you go, no, I don't. Yep. I don't. Now they're in school. Yeah. And I'd give anything to have them okay. back again, you know, as little babies and enjoy that moment for what it was. Yeah. Yep. And what sort of things do you enjoy doing as a family? So we quite frequently go to the footy. Yep. Go Carlton. Yeah, go Carlton. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good name. <laughs> it's a really good um, name. <laughs> so we go to the footy on weekends. We, the kids play sport. Okay. So, you know, hubby and I are always on the sidelines cheering them on. Um, that's a big thing to us. Yes. So, yeah. So we, really, doing, really doing the family yeah, and being together and as a family. Yeah, and just being at home. You know, Nathan will come home and the boys are tackling him to the ground and they're wrestling and it's those things, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, a theme park. Mm. Little things like camping even too. We mm. love camping. Okay. So. How often do you get to go camping? Not as often as I'd like. <laughs> Probably, I would say, once every two months. Okay. We've That's got ourselves good. a little pop-top camper trailer okay. that we take away. Um, I'm not keen to do Melbourne winter camping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my husband my husband would like to, but, um, but no. So we, we do get away. Okay. So That's great. great. That's great. And, you know, obviously mindfulness as well is a big one. Okay. Yep. I've put that on of an evening. I'll okay. lay in bed. I don't think you're supposed to fall asleep, but sometimes do you have I a, do. So you have an app, do yes. you? Yes. Okay. Yep. Smiling Mind. Smiling Mind. Yeah. So is and it I like a that. guided meditation? Yes, or? it is. Okay. Yep. Guided meditation. And you fall asleep to it? Yeah. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you wake as well at night or not? Um, when I'm when I'm really anxious, I do wake, yeah. yeah. I'll wake at about 3 a.m. and I'll struggle to get back to sleep. Okay. So when I'm really bad and I... You know, I manage. I manage. I don't think it's ever something I will get over, um, but I manage. And I'm happy most of the time. Yeah, okay. So I'm I'm just wondering, when you wake at 3 a.m., do you lie in bed staring at the ceiling or do you actually get up and do something? I close my eyes. Okay. You know how you you close your eyes and you're like, right, I've got to get up in three hours. I'll try to go back to sleep. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Okay, so then, so you try to sort of like will yourself back to sleep, yes, but it just doesn't work. But it doesn't work. No. So tr- try this. Okay. Okay. So get get up. Yep. Wake yourself up fully. Right. And restart the guided meditation. Okay. See, because they say don't you know don't look at the blue light, don't turn lights on. No. So set your phone. Set your phone. If you've got a smartphone, set your phone to night to night mode. Yeah. So um, I have an I have an iPhone which I've set in the settings. It goes on to night mode at seven p.m. Okay. And doesn't come off night mode until seven a.m. So I don't have to remember to manually set it. It just does it for me. So what does that mean? That you don't get calls it, or no? It means that you <laughs> it changes it from a blue light to an orange light background. Oh, wow. So you're not actually activating the circadian rhythms. It actually, it actually allows you. It's a little bit like street lights. So the street lights that are out, the old street lights that were orange, and everyone goes, "Oh, but you don't. They're no good because they don't show you anything." It's because they're orange light. Okay. Whereas the halogens and the big bright white lights that are up now are all the blue, blue lights, lights, which is one of the reasons why you see seagulls flying around and all sorts of things because the seagulls actually aren't getting any sleep. Because they can't. <laughs> they've got anxiety too. <laughs> because they've got anxiety too. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but the, but it's it's the blue light, orange light, especially okay. on your phone. So if you want to start the guided meditation, you can start it because you're on the orange light, not on the blue light. Okay. So it doesn't it activate that wake up 
That is um, a good hormone. tip, Francis. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> full of them, full of them. So, I'm, I'm, this is this is this is amazing. I'm wondering what you do for you. That's just for you, and nobody else. I don't. If I'm really honest, okay. I don't. Yeah, okay. and um, it's only really come to the forefront in the last probably two weeks. Yeah, you know what it takes to pull this event together. I do. It's, it's really big. Yeah. Um, but also helping helping people. I live to help people. Yeah. That's just what I do. So yeah. I've had to. I've got to a point last week. I, I think it was Wednesday night. I had my big breakdown. Yep. Nathan come home from work, and I just I couldn't stop crying, and I said. I'm just done. I'm I'm done. I'm yep. physically spent, mentally spent, and I and I just need some time mm. because you know, being a wife, being a mum, working, running this event, um, doing things for friends, mm. it gets to a point where you've left yourself nothing in the tank, yep. and and that's the point I'm at. So I I do have to start putting myself. First. So what does it look like when you, after, after tomorrow, when all this is packed up yep. and you've, everything's packed up into, in, in the back of the truck and you drive home, because yep. I know you're going to drive home, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. what does next week look like? So next week I'm actually taking the week off. Okay. Yeah. I said to my husband, I'll have the week off. I'll get all that, all that clean washing folded <laughs> that's currently <laughs> taking up my dining room table. Is is that therapeutic, though? If I put the TV on while I'm folding, I believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> However, this is the thing with me. I, yep. I don't know. Is it normal to want to keep busy so that you you don't stop? Is well, that busy, a coping mechanism? Busy, yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah it is. Because yeah, I feel is. that I, I have intentions to stop and slow down and take time for myself. But when that opportunity presents itself, I'm the first one to find something to do. Yeah, yeah, to help others or to, uh, not myself. It's quite often, um, and this is quite a common thing to to see that people will help other people when they're struggling, but ha have real difficulty asking for help themselves, and really have difficulty stopping and sort of like reflecting because it's much easier to focus on everybody else's problems than than, I think than our that's own. What I do, I think that's yeah. what I do. And you know, I, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't guilty of the same thing occasionally. Yeah. You know, suddenly you sort of go, oh yeah, no, I'm 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 full. I just need a hug. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just need some human contact, and yeah. it's it absolutely you know it's very normal. Yeah. So you know what I what I would say to you would be, you know, think about getting your hair done, or going and having a manicure, or go and spending some time in a you know in a go for a swim, something yeah. that's just you know for me, just for you. Yeah. Yeah, really focus on you. I almost feel selfish when I do that. Yeah, it's not uncommon for people to feel selfish when they go and do something for themselves. Yeah. But let me ask you, would you feel selfish for putting your own oxygen mask on in an aeroplane if it was going down? Before other people? Yes, I would. But you have to, because how can you help other people if you're passed out on the floor? True. True, I've never thought. I mean, they always tell you to yeah. put your own on first. Yeah, and that's why, right. because if you if you lose the ability to to breathe, how can you help be, anyone else? How can you help anyone else? True, yeah, 
So, you know, self-care, you know, we, we, we hear a lot about self-care. Yeah, we do. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's quite it's a the prevalent new, term. It's the, buzz, it's the buzzword at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. And I've been trying to think about what else I can call it, you know, but it comes down to self-care. You know, whether we call it self-nurture or nurturing or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. It's looking after ourselves. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. And it certainly isn't selfish because we need to look after ourselves. Yeah. True. How can you look after your boys if you're exhausted? That's right. And on Wednesday night, I felt terribly guilty because I was just a ball of nerves and a wreck. Yeah. And it was all at the expense of other people. Mm. And really, what's the most important thing in the world to me? Them. Mm. They're the most important. So, yeah. So even when you're in this ramp-up stage before an event, what's something that you can do for yourself, do you think? even if it's only 10 minutes in a day? Go for a walk. Yeah. Go for a walk. Yeah. I had someone once tell me that it's actually physically impossible to be anxious while you're walking. Mm. Is that correct? Well, it's an individual's experience. Okay. Right. So I don't always feel great because I've got problems with my hip when I'm walking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so walking's not always the best thing for me, but I find it very difficult to be anxious when I'm crocheting. Okay. Or I find it very difficult to be anxious when I'm quilting. So I find it very difficult to be anxious while I'm working. Because you're distracted from <laughs> because it. Because I'm distracted from it. It's when I stop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about finding things that you enjoy doing, that you actually really love doing, that don't make you anxious and that soothe that anxiety. Yeah. And that you feel good about. You know, and, you know, getting that little bit of exercise, going for a walk, getting some fresh air. And the other thing that's really good, do you, do you enjoy gardening? I tend to be one of those people that kill all their plants. <laughs> okay. I like natives. <laughs> you like natives? Let's, let's talk kangaroo paw. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're pretty impossible to kill. Do you have grass in your garden? Yes. Okay. Yes. So one of the best things you can do, probably not at this time of year because, you know, we are in the depths of winter and it is a bit chilly. Yeah. But one of the best things you can do is make fists with your toes, stealing a line from Die Hard, but make fists with your toes in grass. Wow. And really feel the grass between your toes. Make yep. sure there's no bindies there, obviously. But really feel... <laughs> Really feel the the grass between your toes and flex your toes and just really be mindful of what's going on around you. And you can mm. do that for sort of like, you know, up to about five minutes. And it's extremely, a lot of people find it extremely soothing. Okay. I know in summer I do it quite a lot. Because I did have, there's this fridge magnet and it says what's, I think it's five things you can hear. Oh, yeah. That's one. I think that's one of mine, isn't it? Eddie? <laughs> It just so happens it is. It is. <laughs> oh, and it's got you on the bottom. Yeah, I think you I think I think I gave it to you like two years ago. You did. You did. Yeah. And my husband actually brought that into me on Wednesday night. So right. you know, this is coming from a man who is oh, he's incredible. He's yeah. so strong. He yeah. is um very level headed, you know, doesn't struggle with stress. He's yeah, he's mm. amazing. Mm. Um and he brought this into me and he said, What's five things you can see? So mm. he sat there and he calmed me. And did um, you, did you say the five things out loud? Yeah, I did. Yes. Yep. yep. And did you touch the four things that you can touch? Yes. Yeah. And you told him what the three sounds were that you could hear? Yes. Yeah. 
And what were the two things you can smell? Can you remember? Dinner. Yes. That was burning. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the laundry liquid on our dinner cover. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what was the one thing that you could taste? Was that also the burning dinner? <laughs> no, it wasn't the burning dinner. I can't actually remember what I could taste. Yeah. I can't remember. The taste one's usually hard. It's usually yeah. lunch or a cup but of tea. It, or... But again, same principle. takes your mind away from it, doesn't it? Because it, it makes you focus on something else. Yes, it yeah. does. It does. So that's why when you do that exercise, it's actually, this is actually a really good exercise to do on a daily basis. Right. So that when you are in the moment, it's in your toolkit and you don't have to remember. The fridge bag. The fridge magnet. Yeah, true. Although, although, you know, I would heartily endorse the use of the fridge magnet. Yeah. <laughs> that you don't know where it's from. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's all right, Karen. I still love you. <laughs> yeah. And so, even, I just had a thought, even for Hudson, because mm. unfortunately my boy Hutto, he, um, he struggles with anxiety a bit as well. So mm. he had that when he started school. Yes. Um, and he's not so bad now. But it could be useful for kids too because it's something that they can do. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's obviously goes over their head because they're not old enough to understand. Yes. But that's something he definitely could do. That's great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So maybe it's something you can practice together. Together. Yeah. We do the smiling mind together. Yes. So he's got that as well. So tell me about the smiling mind. So there's, it got introduced through school actually. Mm. They, um, they're quite prevalent in the schools in Melbourne. Um, so they take time out of their school day to do this smiling mind and they put on, um, you know, like bubbles popping and different journeys. Okay. Um, and, yeah, he really enjoys that. It calms him, calms yeah. him a lot. That's amazing. They're, doing some, uh, they're doing some phenomenal programs in schools for children now it's around great, mental isn't health it? and becoming aware of their own, yeah. what's going on in their head and their own regulation and things like that. It's yeah. really good. I think it is really good too. I think it's really needed. Mm. Well, you know, life is, I think, only going to get busier for us. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't think things are going to get, I don't think things were going to get easier. I mean, you know, somebody said to me um, a little while ago, you know, oh, it's, you know, you know, back in the 50s, it was such an easier life. It was such an easier life. It's like, yeah, it was, but people still died from different diseases. And, That's right. You know, there was, you know. There's always different issues, isn't there? Yeah, women we, women didn't have autonomy. Um, no, no. <laughs> you know, we didn't different have struggles. we didn't have vaccines for a lot of things. Yeah, so, yeah. It was a it was a it was a simpler time for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I think everything times change and things catch up, but then other things take over. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but I mean, what you were saying earlier on about turning your phone off, I think, is a really important important yeah. thing. And it's a really hard thing to do because I would say, you know, um, mobile phone addiction is underestimated because mm. we're always on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, you've you've only got to go out. And if you're in a shopping mall, have a look around. Mm. People have got their heads down. They're on their phones. Mm. And I just, I think we're missing that connection. Mm. I feel like we're missing that level of connection yep. uh, that's required, you know, that human contact that you were talking about before. Mm. Well, it was funny actually because I've I've been you know sat in my little booth all day today, <laughs> watching people walking past yeah. on their mobile phones. phones. They've paid to come in to, to, an event. to an event, and they're walking around and they're not actually looking at what's around them. No, 
So it, it, it is, a, it's very common. I had somebody walk into me the other day in the city. Oh, whoops. Um, which was quite funny. Uh, <laughs> Were you okay? Oh, no, I was fine. Okay. She right. was really, she was really shocked. Okay. I was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> when you're on your phone, that <laughs> yeah. will happen. Yeah, you're That's on your right. phone. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, what went on in my head was very different to what, to what came out. Said. <laughs> to what I said. Yeah. You know, being very aware that, you know, you've got to be kind to people. You don't know what's going on for them. But yeah, she was she was most she was most upset and most uh, most concerned and highly apologetic. But um immediately she got back on her phone and walked away from me. Yeah. Well so they're, talk, was, they're saying that, you know, people are dying because they're getting hit by cars. People yep. aren't looking while they're crossing the road. Yeah. They're on their phones. Yep. They're gonna start finding people or something. Oh, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen. Yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. But I've heard that. Um, but yeah, maybe that's what it is too. Is that we're we're not living in the moment. Mm. We're too yeah. busy on something that's really not real. Really not real. I, I had a girlfriend the other day. I had to laugh because you know they'll stick up photos of their house or their car. What's really important? Mm. What's really important? Mm. You know, Dad. I've I've said to Dad. Obviously, I'm unaware of what exactly went on last year to his knowledge. Yes, yes. Um, but I've said to him, I would give the shirt off my back to have you here. Mm. I've said that to him before. I would give absolutely everything because they're all that matters. Yeah. Family's everything. Mm. So, yeah. But as we've already dis- discussed, if you don't look after yourself, you can't look after true, them. True, true. She's rolling her I'm eyes taking, at me. I'm taking <laughs> this. I'm taking the subtle hint. <laughs> She's rolling her eyes at me. <laughs> the head, the head's leaning to the left. Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah. eyes are rolling. <laughs> I will try, Francis. I will yeah. try. I know. I'll and, try for you. Yeah, and you and you can uh, you can always ring me and 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 ask. You know that. I will. I so will. Before before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you one last question. Okay. Knowing what you know now, yeah. If you could give your teen self some advice about what life was going to be like, what do you think that would be? I would say not to forget your worth. Never ever forget your worth. There's going to be a lot of people that come along Mm. and want to tell you you can't do something or put you down when you do do something. Mm. That's not a reflection on you. That's a reflection of them and whatever Mm. they're going through. Mm. Um, Be resilient because the world's not an easy place, Mm. but it's also a beautiful place. You've just Mm. got to you've just got to consciously make the effort to see that beauty when there's other stuff going on around you. You know, I've got a gratefulness journey. Um, journal, sorry, beside my yep. bed and I, I write, write what I'm grateful for. Um, remind yourself of all that is around you and what you have, not what you don't have. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. You're As so always, welcome. it's a pleasure. I'm sure we could have talked for hours and hours. Oh, but, we could have. We but, could I'm have. Also, but I'm also aware that you didn't get to bed till like stupid o'clock this morning and That's just right. really just really want to go to bed right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So well, thank you so much thank for you. having me on. Thank you, Karen. And thank you for sharing your secrets with us today. No worry. Um, 
I'm going to wrap up now. And I just want to thank, um, in closing, I want to thank Nick McCorriston too. He's my podcast guy and sound guru who's going to be doing some amazing sound editing for me after this. And thank you to you, the listener, for listening, subscribing and rating us. If you have secrets to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email via our website, secretkeepercounselling.com.au. And until next time, stay well. Thank you for listening to Secrets We Share. If you're interested in sharing some of your secrets, please visit our website at secretkeepercounselling.com.au. Keep an ear out for our next episode soon.